Hello out there. Welcome to John Bound Politics number 48. Well, this week the reports will include a flyover by the California National Air Guard as they tried to squelch any kind of opposition from Americans given the opportunity that they might actually use their First Amendment and uh, the rest of the Bill of Rights that we've all been afforded as U.S. citizens. God forbid that we use our Bill of Rights. Let me give you uh, some kind of idea of what's going on here in Austin, Texas. If you aren't aware of what's happening here in Austin, Texas, it's very similar to, well, it's becoming like San Francisco and Los Angeles, uh, Skid Row area. When I was a kid, I lived in Manhattan for a bit. My father was a anchorman for Rush Limbaugh, no less, and we lived in New York City. And so, you know, in the 80s, I saw homelessness, and it was a common occurrence. And, you know, there were homeless people, and they went to homeless shelters, and most of them needed psychological help or they needed financial help. They needed a leg up. This guy in particular, uh, we lived on 81st and Columbus, which... Last time I looked on the news, 81st and Columbus, there's like uh, 5,000 homeless people up there now. There was one there when I was a kid, and you would come around the corner, and he would say the same thing over and over again during the summer. He would say, gotta have a quarter to have a cup of coffee. Gotta have a quarter to have a cup of coffee. That's what he would say. And, you know, there'd be a street musician on the other corner, and there'd be a guy doing some kind of gambling on the other corner and all was well in the world and it would come winter time and that guy would disappear and we always thought well he must have gone to the homeless shelter but it turned out that he actually had a house in hawaii that he went to during the winter months of his new york city gig here in austin i moved to austin in 1992 i was a musician moved here and It was, uh, when I got here, there were about 12 homeless people here, and everyone knew who they were. In fact, uh, you may or may not be aware of a homeless person that went by the name of Leslie. Um, He, she is uh, since deceased, but I was fortunate enough to have Leslie play a waitress in the short film that I did. And Austin was a small town, and it still is a small town, although everybody seems to think that we've got plenty of room here. When I got here, the population was ballpark 300,000 to 400,000. Now it's pushing a million. Metro-wise, it's well over a million. And uh, we went from 12 homeless people that I knew of. There's probably more back in 1992. I'm sure there were. Probably a few hundred, um, to be honest. But it was so quiet here that it seemed like there were only 12. I mean... In 1992, you went and saw a show at Liberty Lunch. You staggered out of Liberty Lunch at 2 a.m., and you either went to a bar that was still open or you walked all the way home, and nobody, there was nothing lurking around the corner. Well, you come to Austin now, you go downtown, you may be one of the hapless souls that runs into a machete attack. That's right, we have machete attacks here. Well, long story short, Austin, Texas has a mayor who is sucking the life out of the city and went to San Francisco and L.A. and studied how their power brokers make money off of the homeless situation. What they do is they buy up hotels and they get a little off the back end. Now, I I haven't completely researched that, but I guarantee that's what what is happening because right now, 
Austin Mayor Steve Adler is shitting his britches because he's about to lose that income stream because Proposition B is about to get passed. Proposition B will go back to a camping ban that we had had here for, I don't know, 30, 40 years in Austin and uh, return life back to normal. We've got machete fights. We've got people on crystal meth. We've got naked bum ladies dancing at the bus station. We've got people getting raped. We've got people that can't even leave their homes. We've got kids getting attacked. We've got homeless psychopaths from all over the country going into school areas and walking around and harassing kids. We've got just on and on and on. It's out of control. Los Angeles is a big city. San Francisco is a big city. You can relegate a couple of blocks, even though it's disgusting and horrible and it's, you know, something needs to be done. But Austin is tiny. Steve Adler turned the entire downtown into a skid row. Regardless of what Ben and Jerry have to say about it from their million dollar, multi million dollar empire up in Vermont, Proposition B is likely going to pass. Now, with that, let's get on to the reports. California is absolutely descending into madness. According to a report from the Los Angeles Times, a California Air National Guard F-15C Strike Eagle was put on alert for a curious domestic mission last March, causing pilots to be concerned that they would be ordered to buzz over U.S. citizens. According to the report, California National Guard members awaited orders from the Sacramento headquarters to make preparations for any civil unrest that might arise from the outbreak of the coronavirus. But then came an unusual order. The air branch of the Guard was told to place an F-15C fighter jet on an alert status for a possible domestic mission, according to four Guard sources with direct knowledge of the matter. Those sources said the order did spell out the mission, but given the aircraft's limitations, they understood it to mean the plane could be deployed to terrify and disperse protesters by flying low over them at window-rattling speeds with its afterburner streaming columns of flames. Fighter jets have been used occasionally in that manner in combat zones in Iraq and Afghanistan, they said. The jet was fueled and ready to go at a moment's notice with the possibility of also intimidating George Floyd protesters and those disputing the November 3rd presidential election. The sources said the directives from Guard headquarters made their way down orally or in text messages rather than in formal written orders, which was unusual and heightened their concerns that the jet would be used inappropriately. Major General David Baldwin, who leads the California Guard, did not respond directly to interview requests from the Los Angeles Times. But a spokesman for Baldwin, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Sharoma, denied that the F-15C was placed on an alert status for a potential response to civil disturbances. Sharoma claimed that no F-15s were contemplated, but then released a list of aircraft that he said were postured to support any potential civil unrest missions leading up to the election. It included two planes, a C-130J and an HC-130J. But the LA Times investigated other internal guard documents that revealed that the jet had been placed on an alert status 
for an election week mission and that officers had discussed in March 2020 as well as during the summer about using the F-15C for domestic purposes, including to intimidate civilians. The week before the presidential election, a lieutenant colonel also sent messages to Guard members who maintain the F-15C, advising them that it must be ready to take off within two hours' time, beginning the day before the election. That meant a pilot and a launch crew had to be available to reach the Fresno base within 90 minutes of receiving an order to deploy the jet, according to sources. The message also said something about aircraft availability for a domestic mission, which would be at a premium next week with the election, saying that they may have to work over the weekend for the potential mission, and sources said that the aircraft in question was indeed the F-15C. This is no longer a drill, this is a harbinger of totalitarianism growing amongst the ranks with the American people in its sights. John Bowne reporting. President Trump repeated the cold hard truth threatening America's survival that the psychotic left has turned into a mindless racist rallying cry. They're playing it down as much as they can play it down. It's a horrible situation, could destroy our country. All he had to do was leave it alone. If he left it alone, we were setting record positive numbers and people would have to come in legally. And you know the other thing that people don't talk about, human trafficking and drugs. That's double, tripled, and quadrupled coming in because that's pouring in right now. Drugs are pouring in. We had it so tight. And the numbers are staggering. When it comes to the seizure of drugs by Border Patrol so far in 2021, methamphetamine seizures are already at 91,031 compared to 85,348 in all of 2018, while cocaine and fentanyl are on pace to set new records. According to the Business Insider, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration recently released its annual National Drug Threat Assessment in which it maps out the states where Mexican drug cartels have gained influence, with presence in Texas, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Chicago, New York, Florida, Kansas, Colorado, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. And as the drugs pour through, the death rates on both sides explode. While opioid deaths increased in the United States, more migrants have died trying to cross the entire border during the first three months of 2021 than in all of 2019 according to the data tracked by the International Organization for Migration. But among the ones that get through, according to Brian Hastings, a Border Patrol agent overseeing operations in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, Hastings says that officers there arrested 861 immigrants who had committed criminal offenses, including 92 sex offenders and 63 who had gang ties. In the San Diego sector, Border Patrol agents said they are on pace already this year to arrest more sex offenders this fiscal year than the previous year. That from the New York Post. And worst of all is the threat of those meaning to do all of us harm, whether you are an illegal alien, legalized resident, or natural-born U.S. citizen. 120 uh, Border Patrol agents were taken off the border to deal with the individual, the unaccompanied children in, the, in these facilities. And we already learned today that they're at max. So that means more Border Patrol agents are going to come off the border, make our country less safe. And now we know people even on the terror watch list, people from Yemen and, and the Middle East are coming across the border now. The White House yes. press Secretary Jen Psaki today downplayed the seriousness of terrorists being caught at the border. Uh, two terrorists from Yemen on the FBI watch list and no-fly list 
were caught. She's trying to claim this is uncommon. Also, Homeland Security deleted a press release about the Yemeni terrorists. We've got Border Patrol stopping at least 19 suspected terrorists at the border since 9-11, including ISIS, Hezbollah, the Pakistani Taliban. So, you know, people are saying, oh, if you talk about this, this is hysteria. No. Dick Cheney also said just one needs to get through to create a problem. And if U.S. Customs and Border Patrol didn't have enough on their plate already, on the heels of the drug trade is a tsunami of counterfeit currency pouring into the U.S. economy. In Chicago alone in the first three months of 2021, 1.6 million in counterfeit currency was seized by the Chicago police. Last night, officers came across a package that was coming from Ukraine and heading to a business in Joliet. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers checked it out and found this. Prop money. 250 counterfeit currency seizures like these in the past nine months, valued at $11 million. That's nearly one seizure per day. And Ukraine is on their list of top offenders. And that could really cause disruptions to you know, the security of the U.S. dollar, both here in the States and worldwide with counterfeits. These aren't the political talking points shoved down your throat by the corporatic propaganda media. As the establishment moves to strip Americans of their right to defend themselves, we will make clear that statutory restrictions on short-barreled rifles apply when certain stabilizing braces are added to high-powered pistols. A weapon that is, in the words of the statute, quote, intended to be fired from the shoulder. Statistically, Americans have lived in a separate reality. Americans use their firearms defensively between 500,000 and 3 million times each year. And we need that Second Amendment now more than ever. John Bound reporting. How's the new speak committee? It's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. Sugar, 2.4%. You won't have seen the dictionary, 10th edition yet, Smith? that thick. Coffee, 8%. The 11th edition will be that thick. That's where the revolution will be complete when the language is perfect. The secret is to move from translation to direct thought to automatic response. No need for self-discipline. Language coming from here, not from here. The slow decay of individual identity and the cancer of guilt in a society losing its grip on free speech is spiraling out of control. You may recall when leaders in the House of Representatives announced a rule package for the 117th Congress that included a proposal to use gender-inclusive language and eliminated gendered terms such as father, mother, son, daughter, etc. On page 5 of the 45-page package, strike chairman and insert chair. On page 6, strike father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, husband, wife, father-in-law or mother-in-law and insert parent, child, sibling, spouse, or parent-in-law. And then strike himself or herself and insert themselves. The House Democratic Caucus chair was asked about the new language. Gender neutral language is just consistent to reflect the gorgeous mosaic of the American people in the most sensitive fashion possible. Peace even in this chamber, now and evermore, we ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths, a man and a woman. Removing references to, you know, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters from congressional rules and administration 
it's mind-blowing because it shows just how out of touch with reality and, and the struggles of everyday Americans uh, people in Congress are. But instead of doing something that could actually help save people's lives, they're choosing instead to say, well, you can't say mother or father in any of this congressional language. It, it's, it's astounding. Well, now the Biden administration and all of its neo-cultural Marxist lunacy has decided that instead of illegal aliens, which was still being used by some government officials in press releases and elsewhere, Border Patrol and ICE should now instead use undocumented non-citizen or undocumented individual, according to the memos. This from the Washington Times. So what we're doing is we're putting together an entire organizational structure so that within seven days, you're able to get in the phone, contact that number, find out whether there is a mother or a father. The term alien has been used in the United States at least since the Alien and Sedition Act of 1798. And as the dictionary continues to get smaller, according to the word police over at thesaurus.com, you can no longer refer to your iguana or your pet goldfish as your spirit animal due to cultural appropriation. Throwing the term guru around is now highly offensive to Buddhists and Hindus, according to thesaurus.com. And the same goes for Ninja, Nazi, and Sherpa, because we aren't taking their origins serious enough. And forget about binge-watching. Binging is highly offensive to people with serious eating disorders. If they can police the words you use, they can change the way you think. And if we let this happen, eventually the word freedom, which is the basis of our republic, will be on the chopping block. John Bowne reporting. It is an astounding example of propaganda waged on the American people originating with the U.S. Capitol Police Department in order to foment a false narrative for the power-hungry cowards of the U.S. Congress. We will carry these heroes and their families with us for the rest of our careers. Their deaths will not be in vain. Capitol Officer um, Sicknick who uh, has died in the line of duty. Our sympathies and our concerns go out to his family, and the people responsible should be held accountable. He faced down terrorist attackers and sacrificed himself, his own safety, his own security, and ultimately his life. On January 6, 2021, he joined his fellow police officers to defend the Capitol from invasion by a violent mob. He was attacked by the invaders, pepper sprayed twice, and reportedly hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. He later collapsed at his office as a result of his injuries and was transported to the hospital where he died the next day. On January 6th, Brian Sicknick texted his brother twice after being hit with pepper spray, telling him he was in good shape. But sometime after 10 p.m., Sicknick collapsed and was taken to a D.C. hospital where he was put on a ventilator after suffering from two strokes and a blood clot. Around 9.30 p.m. on January 7th, Sicknick died. Immediately, the Capitol Police released a statement claiming Sicknick died due to injuries sustained while on duty, saying Sicknick was injured while physically engaging with protesters and that he was taken to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. Then the fourth estate got to work, turning Sicknick into a martyr for the Democrats' big lie. The New York Times began the onslaught of lies, falsely reporting that Sicknick had died after being struck by a fire extinguisher. The propaganda floodgates had been opened. 
The New York Times is reporting that the FBI has now zeroed in on an unnamed assailant in the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, who died after he fought with protesters. According to the Times, the FBI suspects Sicknick may have died because of a bad reaction to being hit with bear spray or mace. This new video showing one of the rioters heave a fire extinguisher at a line of police, striking several in the head. Homicide investigators probing the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick have been looking into reports that he may have been hit with a fire extinguisher. Capitol Hill cop Brian Sicknick was killed by a blow to the head with a fire extinguisher. On March 14th, Julian Eli Cater, 32 of Pennsylvania, and George Pierre Tanios, 39 of West Virginia, were charged with assaulting Sicknick with a substance similar to bear spray. But unlike the still unknown Capitol Police officer who had all charges dropped after killing Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt in cold blood without a vocal warning or even a warning shot, Cater and Tanios were awaiting the results of the medical examiner to see if they would be charged with Sicknick's death. On April 19, 2021, over three months after the autopsy, the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner of the District of Columbia, Francisco J. Diaz, released its report, concluding that the manner of death was natural and that the manner of death was due to two strokes and a blood clot. Diaz then told the Washington Post that there was no evidence that Sicknick had an allergic reaction to chemicals or was otherwise injured, and that all that transpired played a role in his condition. And now, as the Washington Examiner reports, Senator Ron Johnson, a Wisconsin Republican, on Thursday sent a letter to acting Capitol Police Chief Yogananda Pittman, contending the determination from Chief Medical Officer Francisco Diaz, who told the Washington Examiner last week that Sicknick's cause of death was a stroke, raises more questions about what the Capitol Police knew and what actions they took to confirm certain facts regarding Officer Sicknick's death before it released its January 7th statement. The massive cover-up by those that cowered and hid behind their lies rather than face their concerned constituents is a prime example of the rot at the core of our republic. I knew those are people that love this country, that... Uh truly respect law enforcement, would never do anything to, to break a law. And so I wasn't concerned. Now, had the tables been turned, Joe, this could be in trouble. Had the tables been turned and President Trump won the election, and those were tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters, I might have been a little concerned. John Bound reporting. Just when you thought millionaire social justice warrior grifters warping reality with fiction in order to burn down your neighborhood, were a huge drain on Western civilization. Let's just talk about it. Am I a Marxist? I'm a lot of things. I do believe in Marxism. It's a philosophy that I learned really early on in my organizing career. We were taught to learn about the systems that were criticizing capitalism. We are now faced with the left's prospect of an army of climate justice warriors with a price tag of $10 billion just to get things started, careening the world into a potential dark age lorded over by neo-feudalism while draining billions from the coffers of a fiat money system on the brink of collapse. Climate justice 
is finally taking over the halls of the United States Congress. What we're going to do is going to make sure that communities like Flint, Baltimore, the South Bronx, St. Louis, rural communities whose infrastructure was never properly built in the first place are first in line to rectify the injustices of the past to make sure that they get everything that they need to thrive in the future. That's what a Green New Deal is all about. The Green New Deal transformed our movement, reframing the climate conversation as an economy-wide effort for climate, racial, economic justice. We are the ones on the front lines of white supremacy, economic, democratic, and climate crises that we're dealing with today. And of course, self-proclaimed doctor and all-knowing scientist Bill Gates, who has proposed blocking out all source of life on planet Earth, you know, the sun, is leading the way. Bill Gates is backing the first high-altitude experiment of one radical climate change solution, creating a massive chemical cloud that could cool the Earth. It's called solar geoengineering, and it's highly controversial. It would look something like this. Thousands of planes would fly very high and use nozzles to inject millions of tons of light-reflecting particles into the stratosphere. It would create a thin chemical cloud of those particles around the whole planet, blocking some sunlight from reaching the surface. It would mimic a giant volcanic eruption, which we know cools the Earth. Now, just to restate, Bill Gates is not God. Bill Gates is some kind of weird, socially awkward rich guy who lives in Seattle. He doesn't own the planet but he's now changing the planet single-handedly. This is not just over his yard in Seattle, this is over your yard and our oceans and the whole planet. Project Veritas recently exposed CNN's complete disclosure of its inner workings as a raw propaganda network. So our next thing is gonna be for climate change awareness. Do you think it's gonna be just like a lot of like fear, like climate? Yeah, fear sells. The fleecing by stealth is disguised as infrastructure, a piecemeal battering ram of the democratic dismantling of America's energy grid. I see an opportunity to create millions of good paying middle-class union jobs. It's gonna cut 90% of red meat out of a diet. That's four pounds a year. So that's uh, once every six months. Uh, switch to an all electric car, as well as a house, by the way, approximately $50,000 cost. Install new electric heat pumps to heat your home and don't expect you to have a gas oven. Hope you don't get, aren't too attached to it, that's going to cost you probably $5,700. This never ends. This is the starting point for literally a remaking of American society for absolutely no benefit. And what I mean by that is it's going to be more reliance on Chinese energy, Chinese mining. We're going to offshore our emissions. And all we're going to do is impoverish Americans. And that's what that's really what the climate agenda is about. And even though in a March 2021 Gallup poll asking, what do you think? is the most important problem facing the country today, only 2% of Americans responded with environment, pollution, or climate change. Meanwhile, a nationwide rollout of an underhanded network of United Nations climate mayors flush with Biden's transfer of wealth will implement Agenda 2030 on the all-important local level while America sleeps. Across the globe, mayors are on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. And as they continue to manage this unprecedented public health crisis, they are also tasked with rebuilding their economies and responding to the threat of climate change and fighting for equality and justice in their cities. Sure, our planet needs attention. There is no debate about that. But the left's climate movement is a manufactured endgame for a new world order. I have nothing to offer you. Nor am I a scientist. 
It is up to the rest of us to wrestle away the pressing issues of the future of our planet and our species and return those decisions back to real science, logic, and the will of the people. John Baum reporting. Hey, if you want to be on the show at some point, uh, just get a hold of me at Newsbound on Twitter at Newsbound, B-O-W-N-E, News, N-E-W-S, B-O-W-N-E, Newsbound on Twitter. I'd love to fill up 30 minutes with somebody out there who's experiencing something exciting and interesting, and I could just play a couple of reports. But I hope you're enjoying the reports. I try to bring all of them to you every week i'm trying to hit sunday as being the podcast day when everyone's just sitting around uh not busy with the week i realize it's monday but i got really swamped this week so check me out at newsbound on twitter and please subscribe if you haven't already at dailynewscollective.com it is our mission here at John Bound Politics to bring you some semblance of the truth in this crumbling, once great republic that has spiraled into a corporatic monoculture on the verge of disaster. Again, that's dailynewscollective.com. You can find John Bound reports on rumble.com, John Bound reports on YouTube, as long as it's still there. They're really starting to harass me now. You can find this podcast on John Bound Politics on YouTube. And of course, Bound Reports on Band.video. And as always, a big thanks to hcuniversalnetwork.com. Good night, America, wherever you are.